Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Mad Max here, and I want to tell you about my bookie. They are the industry's leading online sportsbook and casino, and boy, do they have you covered. MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college ball, soccer, MMA, boxing, and more. Sign up now using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN. My bookie will meet you halfway up to $1,000 when you deposit. Whether you're at home or on the go, on your laptop or on your phone, it's only a few clicks away from placing your bets and making some money. Bet, win, and get paid with my bookie absolute sports betting degeneracy hey everybody arch here and it is thursday after the daily show which can only mean one thing we're talking ufc with james what's going on james i'm very well thank you how about yourself mate not not too bad at all no mason today he took another week off man what's going on he, he, he's, he's acting like you. doing this face for three weeks yeah he's turned into me yeah. learn from the best <laughs> So Mason's trying to, he's trying to big dick us lately. I think he's just, you know, trying to. Yeah. He, yeah he's, he's gone into hibernation. Well, he say, you know, he says he's in college, but he's still, you know, reading the chat, actively scrolling through. So, you know, where's he at now? Is he really at college? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wonder that too. I wonder what he's really, really doing. <laughs> to be fair, those Manchester Stockport boys, I mean, what they get up to in their free time, I genuinely question it. You want to explain explain that a little bit to the American audiences? There's a, there's you English people. There's so many differences in between your regions. Now, is Mason like? Is he north of you? Is he south of you? Uh, he, he's uh, pretty far up north compared to me. Like I'm southwest. Like in my hometown, I'm southwest. And even at uni, I'm in the south. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's like in the sort of region of like Manchester, Liverpool, and obviously, if you know your like, anyone in even across your areas will know where Liverpool, Manchester is in England. It's just pretty much far up north. So they're like the, uh, the roughnecks, the, the, the hooligans. Is that, is that correct or no? <laughs> I mean, they're far from it in all honesty. Oh, I oh. think if you're looking for hooligans, it's down south. I think probably you, right? London's yeah, it's probably in towards London area. I mean, oh, okay. because it's just so divided. So many, so many like sketch people. So Mason's like the tea and crumpet. <laughs> He's like aristocratic. <laughs> He's the type of person in my books who definitely claps when the plane lands. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. That just sums up the people at North. There you go. There you go. That sums it up. So what do we, how do we sum up the fight last week with uh, Adesandra? Um, to be honest with you, I think when watching it, I, I think he took the wrong approach. Like I know he dared to be great and I respect the fact that he went up an extra 20, 25 pounds, yeah. but I think to come in considerably a lot lighter than Jan Blovich, was slightly off putting come fight night. I think he should have bulked up a bit more and, and weighed it and used that sort of 20 plus pounds to his advantage. You know, he should have weighed in at like 205 on the dot, whereby I think he was like 200 pounds even on the night. So uh-huh. it was a bit of a toss. And I think, although we didn't really see Lehovich's power sort of land, I think we saw his like power and sheer strength you know, advantage come up clutch and especially towards the, the final few rounds whereby I literally just, you know, grappled and wrestled him to the floor. And I think is he, he had the perfect game plan, but I think he might have, you know, this is from my opinion, I think he may have underestimated Jan slightly with regards to his well-rounded ability because he said going into the fight, he was anticipating that Jan would shoot and try and, you know, take the fight to the floor early on rather than the championship round. So I think Jan deserves applaudits for, putting on the technical display last weekend. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because it was <laughs> slightly disappointing to put that kind of money up on Izzy. <laughs> well, I mean, the crazy thing was the uh, bantamweight fight, you know, with the uh, disqualification. I mean, that was absolutely crazy. What the hell? What the hell was that? That, that was the first time a UFC title fight has been decided via disqualification. It, it's just crazy. I mean, people were saying how... Uh, Sterling, you know, he acted, you know, he deserved an Oscar and all that. But, you know, he took a knee to, an, an illegal knee to the face. And in anyone's eyes in the rule book, that's a disqualification on your opponent's behalf. So, you know, he's a champion, be a disqualification or be it. And, you know, they'll go again. But it was just absolutely crazy with the way it unfolded. Yeah, that was that was wild. It was, <laughs> it was a pretty good weekend of fights, though. That was, it was fun. Oh, it certainly lived up to that. Yes. And now we've got the week after. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the week, the week after. It's like a hefty hangover yeah. the night after. You're just trying to get through the day. Yeah, this is this is not my favorite card, looking at it top to bottom. Uh, I there are some, you know, there are some good card fights on there, but with all due respect, it's not the finest on paper. Um, from what I've seen, there's been so many like fights rescheduled, mm-hmm. fight cancellations, people pulling out. So they, there's still 13 fights, and obviously we're going to talk about a few of them now. So I think we, we just got to do what we've got to do in this um, situation. Let's hold our nose. Let's dive in. <laughs> what do you got first yes. up? Of course, it's obviously the main event between Leon Edwards and uh, Bilal Muhammad. Obviously, with Leon Edwards, he enters the fight with an 18-3 and record. He hasn't lost a fight in five years. And I know he hasn't fought since July 2019. And that was against Rafael dos Anjos, whereby he absolutely dominated the Brazilian veteran for five rounds. And unfortunately, you know, as a UK fan of mixed martial arts, and I'm a big fan of Leon Edwards, and it's just a shame it's been nearly two years since we last saw Rocky in action. And I mean, it's 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 due to circumstances out of his hands and, you know, he looks to have sort of gotten better over those two years. I know it's crazy to say that because he hasn't actually fought, but I'm very much looking forward to his return. And Bilal Mohammed is obviously coming off of uh, an impressive win 
uh, not that long ago and he just stepped in on short notice to fight Leon Edwards and I've got nothing but respect for Bilal and again with Leon Edwards if he wins that fight he's guaranteed a title shot against Kamaru Usman so the onus is on Leon Edwards to get the job done because I know he was originally scheduled to face Hams Etchemayev and on a couple of weeks on a month's notice Bilal stepped in so he's got to do the job against Bilal and potentially earn himself a title shot and I know Edwards hasn't fought in a while, so will ring must play a factor? I don't know. But Edwards, he sort of entered the UFC as, as a known powerful striker. But it's sort of, it's this heavy wrestling approach that has helped him string together all these, you know, victories under his belt. He's a highly effective fighter in the clinch and has a good use of knees and elbows as well. And he's a crafty southpaw who can be tricky for any opponent when standing up. And he's never been finished in his career. And, in a way, Bilal Muhammad is similar, which is crazy to say. I mean, he's a proven balanced fighter who lands a great deal of strikes on the feet, but he doesn't tend to get hit as well. And he's also got that sort of successful takedown arsenal within him and he's got a great grass tank. So these five rounds should be a bit of a doddle for Bilal. If he gets put under pressure, you know, Bilal's just going to keep coming because of his tremendous gas tank and his output. And I think tw- like the majority of Bilal's wins have come by decision. So you just know this is going to go the full distance. I think Muhammad is a bit of a live dog. And given what he's shown us up to this point and the fact that his wrestling can sort of hang in there with Edwards, you know, th- th- there could be a chance. But I just, as this may be the UK bias within me, I think I've got to go with Edwards for this one. I know he hasn't fought in pretty much forever. I think he's the better fighter uh, wherever the fight goes. And he'll edge it, you know, on the feet or on the floor. So I'm going to go for Leon Edwards via decision. You know, these two guys aren't proven finishers. So this will probably go the full 25 minutes. I gotcha. Got you in for the decision. Uh, Leon Edwards minus 270. So he's a nice size favorite. Uh, I'm leaning that way. I'm leaning Leon Edwards. I do think he wins the fight. I don't know if you can convince me he would win 73% of the times these two fought. I I have a hard time getting there. I think Bilal could could sneak in and win a a few. (laughs) So I'd lean Leon Edwards. He's going to win the fight. I just don't want to put up 270 bucks. That's my my thought process there. Mm. Especially if it's going decision. Come on now. You can't. You know this. Yeah, yeah. Can you predict which way the judges are going to go seventy three percent of the time? I'm not so sure. Probably to the opponent. You know, he's just <laughs> been getting absolutely battered. You know, for twenty five minutes. You know, he's still hanging about, so the judges will probably give him all five rounds, which yep. is absolutely ridiculous. And if and if Ben Cutledge is refer- uh, officiating, <laughs> you just never know in this day and age. Uh, I think Mason would take uh, Muhammad first round submission. That's what I, I think he'd do. <laughs> After last week's antics, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, what did he say? Megan Anderson via decision? Come on. She yeah. looked scared as soon as she entered the octagon. So With good reason. With good reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're stepping in to face Amanda Nunes, who's an absolute killer. You know, anyone would be scared. Yeah, no doubt. She'd probably beat us up in a heartbeat. Oh, I have no, I have no doubt in that. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's find some fights I can bet on. What, what do you got next up? Danny Gay versus uh, Gavin Tucker. And from what I've seen, I think uh, Danny Gay is a slight favourite going into this one. But if there was an ever an underdog who's going to get the job done this weekend, I probably would lean towards Gavin Tucker. I mean, stylistically, this is the type of fight that will really sort of display the evolution of mixed martial arts as a whole because both fighters are ridiculously well-rounded. And no matter where it goes... 
it's going to be competitive. Uh, Tucker, I think he Tucker has the edge on the feet. But I think with Ige's experience over the sort of better competition, I think that may come up clutch for him in this fight. And I'm really looking forward to this one because I know Dan Ige's coming off of a loss against Calvin Cater, uh, and there's no shame in losing to Calvin Cater. I mean, he's a top contender. Uh, Dan, you know, he tends to sort of throw a lot as well. He's very versatile, as I alluded to earlier on the mat. He can literally do it all. And I think he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well. Has a knockout power. And he's just, I think he's been most impressive on the canvas. And he's got a great gas tank as well. I think he went the full, I think it was the full five distance. He went with Calvin Cater. So he's got a great solid cardio gas tank in there. He's got a great solid defense standing up. So he doesn't absorb that many punches. And, he's, and again, Danny Gay's never been finished in his career. I don't think we'll see a finish in this one with Gavin Tucker. I think he's 13 and one and almost half of his wins have come via form of submission. And he's coming off of a, a, a win over Billy Quarantillo and he's a fan, phenomenal, well-rounded fighter. Like I said, he edges it on the feet and he's also blacked out on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So what's not to love about this fight? I mean, we've, this has got all the ingredients to be, to be probably one of the fights of the night or the fight of the night in this one. I don't think Tucker's going to be outworked in the octagon. I think he's going to keep working and keep pouring until, you know, the final bell or if the fight does get stopped. I, I, I don't know. I think if you're basing the prediction off of their recent performances, you probably want to lean towards Tucker. But if you want to look at the guy who is has a much more experience and has the sort of higher level of competition under his belt, he probably leans towards Danny Gay. So I'm going to go for Danny Gay, but mm. because it's going to the decision, in my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised from a betting standpoint that you sort of lean towards Gavin Tucker simply because he's better on the feet and more well-rounded. You were setting me up. I really thought you were going to go Gavin Tucker. <laughs> I thought for sure. If I were you, I'd probably lean towards Gavin Tucker. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I got to jump on uh, Dan Ige. He's minus 151. So he's a nice, ni- nice, healthy favorite here. But man, mm. I-, I got him winning. I've got him winning most of the time. So I'm going to bet Ige here minus the 151. I'll put it up. I'll put up that kind of money. <laughs> oh, man. He's younger, right? Yeah, mm. Ige's younger. He's fought a little bit more. And if you're right about the higher quality of competition he's faced, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about this one. But it's going to go decision, and then who the, yeah. fuck, who the fuck knows? You just never know. <laughs> I mean, this is a real pick and fight, especially when it goes to the judges' scorecards. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. What do you got next up for us? Uh, next up, I believe I've got Misha Kirkenov versus Ryan Spann. Uh, again, this is a light heavyweight bout between two sort of contenders looking to push their way up the rankings. Kirkinov is coming off of a win against Jimmy Crute, who is just an absolute savage right now. But that was back in 
September 2019. So again, it's the sort of same question you could ask with Leon Edwards. Is Ringrust going to play a factor? And Kirkinov is a, a very well-rounded fighter. And as I alluded to there, he's coming, from, coming off of that first round submission win. And again, this is going to be an interesting one to say this because uh, again, with Ryan Spann, although he's got the more experience, I think you could argue Kirkinov has fought that high-level opponent. And with Kirkinov, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's got a strong background in judo and wrestling. But he's also got, besides that takedown machine at USC level, whereby he's just proved that with nine career submission wins under his belt, he's good on the feet as well. He's got that strong wrestler's overhand and he will throw a kick every now and again just to mix it up. And I think he's a more technical striker compared to Ryan Spann. But Ryan Spann hits harder. I think the majority of his wins have come via former knockout. He's coming off of a loss to Johnny Walker and that sort of dampened his sort of spirit to get up the rankings and into the top five at like heavyweight. So Span, he's an athlete who will tend to throw these powerful strikes, strong knees in the clinch, and he's most effective with his ground and pound. And sometimes now and then he will get the choke once in a while, but um, he's got a fair few submission wins under his belt, but he does have the power, as I alluded to earlier, and he's more comfortable on the feet. I just think with Ryan Span, obviously he is going to be the bigger fighter here. He has been in the Octagon more recently, and Obviously, that's going to be, play a big factor in this fight. But with Ryan Spann, he's been knocked out recently a couple of times. And you've seen with Tony Ferguson, there's only so much damage you can take. And I think with Kirkinov, I know he hasn't fought in some time, but he's a more accurate and precise striker. And he will definitely have the edge on the mat. So in this day and age, when you have like a wrestler versus striker, nine times out of 10, the wrestler will come out on top. So I'm going to go for a Kirkinov via a second round submission on this Ooh, one. Second round submission. Got it. This is a tough one. Um, I, mm-hmm. when I, when I, you know, my, in my primitive method of running the numbers, <laughs> it says that uh, Misha is going to win the fight. Yeah. Misha's minus 129. That equals a 56.33 implied probability at Las Vegas. I've got Misha winning 56.55% of the time. So mm. marginally, just marginally, it's telling me to bet it, bet Misha. So screw it you know i lost a little <laughs> bit of money on dan Ige to win so <laughs> I'll, I'll make a little bit of money here but i still need one more bet to to, to turn a profit so mm. i am gonna bet misha here minus the 129 Oof. too many favorites <laughs> yeah it's crazy uh what else you got on tap uh, i think the next fight i've got is manuel cup versus Matthias nicolo um again this is a sort of a grappler wrestler versus striker. I think Nicolau is dropping down the weight to flyweight to fight Manel Cap, who impressed on the global scene. I know he lost on his UFC debut to Pantoja, but I think it was a very risky approach for Manel Cap to sort of step into the top five immediately on your UFC debut. He put in a good display in, in, in and around about the third round onwards, whereby he actually unleashed a fair few strikes and put Alexander under a lot of pressure. He does have the power on both of his hands, and obviously you saw that in his fight with Pantoja, whereby you know he got under Pantoja's skin a bit and put him under the cosh, but obviously lost fire decision. With Nicolau, as I alluded to, he's the jiu-jitsu black belt and is proven to be a big submission threat uh, when the fight does hit the mat. So Manel Cap's takedown defense is going to really, really have to be on point in this fight. 
Uh, Manuel Cap can drop, can drop any fighter with both of his hands. And again, you tend to lean towards Nicolau because of that Brazilian jiu-jitsu approach. But expect Cap to sort of up his output this time around. I know he sort of left it late against Pantoja to unleash, but I think right from the get-go in this fight, he'll tend to unload and try and find that rhythm early on rather than the final five minutes. Um, I think Nicolau will have a slight speed advantage, you know, whilst Cap obviously holds a power edge. Cap's best shot at finishing this fight is on the feet and obviously Nicolau's best on the submission or on the mat or potentially grinding out a decision. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes before Nicolau will engage in that grappling because it's that old adage in MMA, every fight starts standing and who knows, you know, he might sort of use a speed advantage to sort of get the win over Cap and if he elects to stay on the feet, that's going to be a dangerous game because Manel will catch you. I know I said wrestling tends to beat <laughs> the strikers on this one, but I'm going to go against my word on this one and go for Manel Cap by a second round. I think the takedown defense is there, and if he can keep the fight standing, he certainly has the power to knock uh, Nicolau out. So I'm going to go for a cap by a second round. So forget everything I said about wrestlers dominating strikers in this day and age because I've just contradicted myself. Second round TKO or second round? Correct. Second round TKO. Gotcha. Yeah, James, you're the master at that. You hate ring rust all the time until you <laughs> until you don't hate ring rust. So, yeah. I'm so you know indecisive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hell of a fight. Like, admittedly, I don't have enough stats on Cap to actually mm. you know, really draw out any kind of projections here. Just with you know, uh, just don't I don't have enough info. It doesn't look like. So I yeah. mean, I'm gonna lean uh, Nicolau here. Uh, plus the 115, I think he's got a chance, but you know, it's just a lean for me. I can't quite get to that side. Yeah, it is a tough one. I think Matez is the bigger bloke. He's obviously stepping down from bantamweight to flightweight. So is he actually, you know, five to 10 pounds going to really affect the weight cut? Is he draining himself? But again, as I said, naturally he's a bigger man and maybe that could come up clutch for the grappler, but who knows? All right. Was that it? Did you have any other fights? Yeah, I think that was it for all for me. I think you've got a couple under you about. I've, I've about. got one. I I, I do <laughs> I do like and you know another one that's mm. insane. But uh, uh, I'm looking at the Eric Anders and Darren Stewart fight here. Yes, uh, looks like Eric Anders as it sits right now is plus one fifty one. Darren Stewart is minus one seventy six. Mm. I think Eric Anders has more than a a chance here. To, to take out Darren Stewart at plus 151. I think Anders only needs like a 39.8% chance to win the fight. And I've got him winning, you know, this is almost a coin flip. So I want to throw a few bucks on Anders here, plus 151 to win the fight. Why am I crazy? <laughs> I mean, both men are absolute savages in their own right. I know they're coming off of defeats and, and what have you, but I think with Darren Stewart, he's coming off that split decision loss to Kevin Holland. And if you know Kevin Holland, I mean, that bloke's on a roll right now. So there's no shame in losing to, to Kevin Holland. Eric Anders, there is some value in sort of leaning towards him. He tends to alternate between weight classes, but he's coming off that defeat to uh, Yotko. And before that, he was on a two-fight winning streak. And I don't know. I think with this one, they're, you know, they're two very good fighters in my opinion I know they're not top contenders but they're capable of sort of pushing themselves up there and they're sort of this is the fight to to look and to look out for and to watch because both men they're, they're not in the best of role right now and I know Darren 
is a slight favourite going into this one, but I don't think we'll see a finish in this one. I think this is the case whereby these two middleweights are going to slug out for 15 minutes and see who can outpoint who in this deciding factor. And again, as I alluded to then, or throughout the podcast, really, you you just cannot trust the judges' scorecards. I think this one will go to the judges' scorecards. So I'm leaning towards Dan Stewart, but you know there is value in Eric Anders considering if it does go the distance, you just can't trust anyone in this game. So why not? Why not lean towards Eric Anders? But this may be the British boss within me, but I'm leaning towards Stewart. Okay, I've got you in for a lean decision on Darren Stewart. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I think you're wrong, but okay, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> uh, any any value at all in taking Ashley Yoder versus Angela Hill? She's plus what three hundred right now, and Angela Hill's like minus th- almost four hundred. Is is there a value in sort of picking Ashley Yoder in this fight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, personally, no chance. I know Yoder's coming off of that win against Miranda Granger, and Angela's. You know, coming off of win, uh, defeats to Michelle Watson and Claudia Cadella, and they're both split decisions. I think, especially with the Claudia fight, that could have gone either way. So this is a tough one. But I'm leaning. Well, I say I'm leaning towards. I've, I'm certain that Angela Hill will get the win on this weekend. But watch that come back to bite me. And you didn't bet on Ashley Oda to win, and <laughs> you know you'll probably I'll ne- you'll never let me live that one down. So I'm saying Angela Hill, but. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I, I can't disagree. It looks like Angela Hill is going to win the fight pretty easy. 384 is too much money to put up, though, on Angela Hill. Mm. On Angela Hill. There's no way. So I'll lean that way, too. Lean on Angela Hill. There's one more fight I wanted to get your opinion on. This uh, Ray Rodriguez fight versus Rainy Yaha. Rainy is minus 295, a massive favorite, but it does look like that... Ray Rodriguez is not going to be able to stand up to him. What do you th- do? You think uh, is Rainey going to dominate, or do you think Ray has a shot? Um, I think Rainey is literally just going to dominate yeah. Ray because we've seen uh, Ray. You know, he's got a sixteen-seven professional record, and he's very susceptible off his back. And you know, he tend to it will, it will tend to tap. And you look at his last fight with Brian Keller, I believe. He lost fire from a submission due to a guillotine choke. So, Rani Yar is a bit of a submission expert, and he's you know he's got that Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. So, with this fight, if Ray Rodriguez is terrible off his back, then you best believe that Rani's going to get a job done via some form of submission. Okay, okay. It's just he's minus two ninety-five. It's a little too much money to pay, but I do think Rani wins the fight. Mm. So, I, I mean, I wouldn't hate it if somebody wanted to bet it. No, it seems pretty safe, but man, it's minus two ninety-five. Uh, I guess, I mean, I was kind of thinking about Courtney Casey versus JJ Aldrich, but I just don't know if I trust either of these fighters. No, I mean, I think from what I've seen so far leading up to fight week, uh, JJ Aldridge is the slight favorite, but from what I've seen on social media, I think everyone's backing JJ all the way and saying how she's just literally going to destroy Courtney Casey. And again, this one will probably go the distance. So maybe JJ will dominate Courtney for 15 minutes. You just don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I was kind of thinking about that one, but yeah, I just don't have Mm. enough. I don't have enough faith in either of those fighters. So (laughs) I'm off that one. (laughs) That's all I got, man. Wham, bam. That's it. That's the card for Saturday. 
Yeah, to be fair, 25 minutes, no Mason. We did all right, considering, yeah. you know, you were disappointed in the card. So we've done all right. I think we, I think really we sniffed out a little bit of value there. I think, I think, <laughs> oh, I see. I, th- I think there's some money to be made. <laughs> Not for Mason, but for anybody else out there betting, there's money to be made. I can't wait to see his picks later on tonight. Yeah, yeah. Get over to the DGEN's app. He's, he swore he was going to post them. So Ooh, I can't wait to see that. All right, James, Sports Sesh. Link in the description for the James and Mason podcast. Got your uh, Twitter handle there, too, so people want to follow you, UFC Deluxe. I Correct. Can't, anything else we need to touch on? No, I think we touched on it there perfectly. Uh, we've gone through 26 minutes worth of UFC content, so I think we've done a work for ourselves this week. I think so. So get the hell out of here. <laughs> Take care, mate. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.